hey 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 so how's everyone doing i know i sound too enthusiastic but i was told to sell the dream in the first 10 seconds yeah i have just met bad sales people i think but yeah i hope everyone's doing safe you're hit by the second wave of the pandemic things aren't great we aren't putting our asses on the couch and watching tarak mehta ka ulta chashma but we should we should seriously consider that okay the second part of it wasn't necessary but you know how much of a fanboy i am but yeah i hope everyone's doing safe just just take care of your close ones because these are testing times this is 2020 rewind but a little more bizarre than what youtube did insert awkward joke but I hope things get better for all of us. Welcome to another episode on the Often Live Wicked podcast. So, this is our season two. Yeah, we decided to do it in seasons, and I'm particularly excited about this particular episode. See, I used particularly twice. Bad grammar. But jokes apart, you know the episode. was recorded somewhere around september and we decided to release it when things get better for all of us yeah we were like because you know the topics that we are trying to discuss the things that we are trying to bring upon on the table are are sensitive but these conversations are usually done and dusted in intellectual rooms among you know people who who have a taste for opinion opinion in the sense informed i won't say informed but you know scented and flowered opinion on who reads the best of the books from authors in a specific flowery english and think that their world view is somewhat elite or yeah that's that's the least to say so this this particular individual has been you know writing and striving towards the freedom of the press and interestingly the organization he co-founded is freedom of the press foundation and he co-founded it alongside edward snowden the individual i'm talking about is trevor tim yeah so he's one of the confidants of edward snowden and he's been helping journalist across the globe for trying to bring out sensitive news but being clamped down in countries having authoritarian regimes so journalism is ever evolving right and you know the world is trying to look at it very objectively but we are failing at it we are failing miserably and the you know the the evidence is all around we are all over the place and it's not about good or bad journalism because the whole concept of it was to bring about news and i personally have a problem with news i do have a problem with history and all other subjects as well but news is somewhat somewhat you know news is as a concept it is me a lot and we'll talk about this sometime later because you know my conversations aren't that important as you know the whole getting up a guest you know that that makes no sense ultimately then so 
that's that i am again using that lingo and i have a serious problem i don't know why but yeah so so tuning in right away we'll be discussing democracy concepts around journalism as we have tried to do earlier and and some interesting conversation so so i hope you'll stick till the end so here we go <laughs> So we are just uh, just a thirty second intro. Um, we are just two college students who were supposed to graduate this year, but we haven't technically graduated yet. And uh, we were supposed to have our college degrees by now, but we haven't. So this is what we have been doing. But we have been doing it pretty well till now, and we want to grow this. And I think so far the biggest name we have is you, and we are really excited for this episode. And we are just two really. if you can i don't know how to put it how i don't know if there's a better word but we have been called social outcasts but we still talk to a lot of people and that is the only good skill that we have going garnered from college and that is what we are going, trying to take ahead with the medium of this podcast great so well, yeah, thanks for having me it's, it's a pleasure travel and the Questions on your screen are the ones that we have taken down. So, first question: Um, can you also give us a two to three minute intro of yours, please? Yeah. So, my name is Trevor Tim. I'm the executive director of a nonprofit based in the United States called Freedom of the Press Foundation, and our mission is essentially to protect and defend journalists in the 21st century. Um, often, what that means is that we are trying to use technology uh, to protect journalists in in many cases where technology is used to infringe on the rights of journalists. Uh, so, for example, uh, you know, over the past decade, government, the government in the U.S. and then governments around the world have have figured out how to use uh, digital surveillance to track uh, everybody's movements, who they're talking to, when they're talking to them, from where. Um, and all sorts of, of very private information uh, that can have huge effects on uh, journalism itself. Uh, of course, uh, journalism uh, exists because journalists are able to communicate with sources uh, and whistleblowers, often in a, an anonymous uh, fashion. And when the government can uh, access the the phone records and computer records of of any source or any journalist. Uh, then it causes a chilling effect, which um, uh, prevents uh, transparency from happening, and, uh, and ultimately it prevents accountability. Um, and so we build, uh, for example, we build a tool called SecureDrop, uh, which is a secure submission system for whistleblowers. So, a way for for whistleblowers to safely and anonymously get in touch with journalists um, in a much better way than than phone calls or email. Uh, this is used in Over eighty uh, news organizations uh, around the world, including the New York Times and Washington Post, and, and most of the big newspapers in the United States. Um, and then we also teach journalists how to to protect themselves online in general. So how to encrypt your your text messages and phone calls, how to do anonymous research, how to cross borders with footage um, so that you can protect it um, and encrypt your devices. Um, all sorts of issues that journalists face every day. um and that have have really become the 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 most important press freedom issue that that uh uh journalists uh, anywhere face um in the digital age
Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you for the introduction. Um, the first question that comes to my mind after hearing about the freedom of press is what is the core philosophy behind the freedom of the press? Well, the core philosophy is essentially that um, without whistleblowers coming forward uh, to the press and without a uh, aggressive, um, brave, um, uh, without aggressive and brave journalists um, in a particular region or a particular country or, or the world, um, the governments and corporations uh, will um, uh, increase secrecy and uh, hinder ac- accountability. And uh, to promote transparency and to promote tra- and to promote accountability, um, uh, both journalists and whistleblowers need to work together. Um, uh, to bring information to the public that they would not otherwise know. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, this can be hard in the digital age, given that the governments have so many uh, surveillance capabilities. Um, and, you know, we want to provide journalists and whistleblowers the most secure way uh, uh, for them to communicate. Um, we've seen over and over again, whether it's in the U.S. or, or countless other countries, um, oftentimes internal accountability systems, internal transparency systems are, are gamed or corrupt or break down. And often the only way that the change can happen is if it's forced um, through a source potentially illegally giving information to the press and the press going forward with the story, even if the government doesn't want them to. Um, and, uh, you know, it's our philosophy that we need more of this in, in, in the world and not less. That, that actually sounds great. So, you know, what are the actual, you know, ideal environment for a whistleblower to actually does or do the work that he does? And are there actually global standards of laws in place all around the world? There are not global standards and, and laws around whistleblowers. And in the places where there are standards and laws, oftentimes they are um, not followed at all. So, for example, in the U.S., there's whistleblower protections, uh, at least some whistleblower protections built into the law. They're supposed to protect whistleblowers from retaliation if they report in, uh, uh, incidents internally within governments. Um, in many cases, this system is, is completely broken. Um, they're often retaliated against uh, for using uh, the, the internal whistleblower systems. Um, and oftentimes, if they go to the press, they are, are um, outright prosecuted. And there, there absolutely should be global standards, um, not just for robust internal whistleblowing procedures, but the right for government uh, employees to essentially go to journalists um, when they see that there's wrongdoing and when they see that um, the internal system wouldn't work or, or ha- is breaking down. Unfortunately, those are, are few and far between. Um, in fact, in the U.S., there's been a record number of whistleblowers who have been prosecuted over the past uh, 10 years uh, for going to the press. Um, you know, the, I think the ideal environment uh, for whistleblowers is that they can uh, report uh, these types of things without fear of retaliation. Um, unfortunately, we're a long, long way from that. And so what we try to do is try to build them a secure communication platform uh, with which uh, they can hopefully uh, keep their identity anonymous. Um, now, it's it's very hard, even if you're using a perfect system, uh, to uh, ultimately stay anonymous and, and with, without, uh, you know, stay out of the reaches of the government because the government has... 
awesome surveillance capabilities of their own. Um, they know who accesses uh, documents, for example. They can see who prints documents. They can basically track uh, their employees' every move. Um, and so it can be hard, and it's often a, a brave act for whistleblowers to come forward. Um, and so, you know, what we're trying to do is make it a, a bit safer for them where we can. Um, and then after the fact, uh, call attention to the fact that, um, it, you know, what whistleblowers do and have done and will do is incredibly important. They should, they should be praised and not punished. Trevor, I was uh, reading this concept on your website um, about readers' privacy. So could you explain a little bit more about what readers' privacy is? Um, kind of like an explain like M5 thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, uh, you know, there's, there's privacy when we talk about, about uh, uh, journalists and when we talk about sources, but then there's also the readers of the news. Um, you know, their privacy is also important. Um, you know, if, if uh, for example, a, a government or corporations knew exactly every single article that I read all day long, they could tell a lot about my life. Often they could tell, um, you know, things about my life that maybe my closest friends and family didn't know. And um, so uh, we've been, we have a project called Secure the News at Freedom of the Press Foundation. And the idea behind it was uh, to force news organizations to um, start using um, what's known as HTTPS encryption uh, on their websites. Um, it used to be uh, that uh, websites uh, were essentially not encrypted at all. And so say you were in a coffee shop and you were reading a story in the New York Times, um, anybody else on that Wi-Fi connection could actually see exactly what you were doing, um, uh, that you were reading a specific article in the New York Times. Um, it also makes it a lot easier for governments to, to spy on people uh, and corporations. Um, and so we really push news organizations to adopt this type of encryption that actually protects the privacy of readers. Um, and thankfully they have, but there's, there's all sorts of other privacy implications that, that, that people, you know, obviously need to be worried about, whether it's ad tracking, um, uh, whether it's uh, potentially government snooping on, on what they're reading in, in, in countries where, um, you know, certain acts might be uh, illegal, um, despite the fact that it's, it's uh, you know, like, for example, um, you know, in, in some countries, it's still uh, technically illegal um, uh, to be homosexual. And so if you're reading an article about gay rights, that might tell uh, a government uh, that, uh, you know, that should cast suspicion on you, potentially breaking the law when, you know, it's, it's really a human right that you're, that you're able to read about that, uh, that type of story. Um, and so reader privacy can be very important and oftentimes it gets lost in the, in the discussion of, of, of privacy uh, uh, because there's so many other things to think about. Thank you for the explanation, Trevor. Um, the next question that I want to ask you is how can we know that anonymity ensures authenticity on the internet? Um, like uh, if I can give you an example, it can be the current uh, I've seen uh, that the browser Tor is being used a lot yeah. because it it ensures anonymity on a very high level. And the internet exists there on a very as a as a very free market, if I may call it that. So 
how do we know that it ensures authenticity um well you know in the journalism context um you know if somebody anonymously sends documents to a news outlet uh, it doesn't mean that that those documents should automatically be published um they do need to be authenticated um you know oftentimes that means doing more reporting uh that means talking to other sources uh to confirm their authenticity uh you know we encourage news organizations to use secure drop uh but we certainly don't encourage them to publish anything that they receive through it no matter what it is um there's always an authentication process uh with with journalists whether it's online or you know in the the 1960s before um the internet ever existed um and uh, you know and uh, but an anonymity online is is certainly a, a double edged sword there's 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 no doubt that um uh, you know there can be negatives um uh, along with the positives but in my mind the positives far outweigh the negatives uh the fact that uh people can use anonymity to express their uh real opinions um when they may be persecuted if they uh express them um under their real identity uh is a um kind of foundational principle of of number 1 the united states um and the the founding of this country in the 1700s um uh, but also a, a way for uh citizens to to fight back against um repressive governments uh which we have have seen all over the world so travel um the thing is one i think there will be there is a conflict in in the whistleblower's mind of being anonymous and um i don't know how i don't know how to uh, tell ask you this question but um we have two very prominent examples on which uh, on whom which uh, movies have been made uh, julian assange and edward snowden both of them uh, are huge personalities of their own and have had a huge contribution in terms of whistleblowing and what they did but they faced the music they faced the consequences and you know the rest is history so where do where does a whistleblower who does not want to risk that much draw a line yeah it's a good question and that's why i i mentioned before about how uh, you know whistleblowing is is often a very brave act even if you're trying to stay anonymous because there's no guarantee that you ever will be able to um and it's possible uh, governments may try to take your your livelihood or even your life your life away from you um and uh but often principles are are um are bigger than uh potential consequences um and you know we talk a lot about how um it's important for whistleblowers to to keep this in mind uh that they need to be sure that they want to to come forward because uh it's possible even if they try to stay anonymous uh that uh, you know bad things can happen to them um but you know edward snowden is is um i i think a, a good example of somebody who has changed the world uh who is who's everybody's now knows his name um changed the world for the better um and so far the US has been unable to imprison him now that may change um it's hard to say um but it's also uh, the case that that the surveillance programs that Snowden revealed never would have been reformed if he didn't come forward um so he has definitely had things taken away from him but also he has changed the course of history and 
And uh, I think in his mind, that's, that's much more important. And that's, that's totally true. And I totally believe in this whole concept of whistleblowing is something that people actually think that it's anti-establishment. But we totally believe that it's pro-democracy. And that's somewhat the crux that people actually tend to lose out on when they see through the glasses of, you know, power and a lot of skepticism and conundrum, I guess. And so the only thing that, you know, I understood of through all the rallying that going that goes around. And this is a major question in my own conscience that I've tried to ask that we try and fight for user privacy that every user should have their own right to be private and privacy is a very crucial part of the whole internet field out there. But we talk about transparency for governments and administrations. So how do you see that Trevor? Where should we understand that why the administrations should actually show what's being up and if they don't, what are the risks behind it? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good point and I think, uh, uh, you know, you can make the distinction by, um, you know, how people are described. Public officials, you know, our elected officials um, are making a choice uh, to enter public life and, uh, you know, work for the government and essentially retain all of the awesome powers uh, that um, the government has. And uh, in exchange uh, for, uh, you know, becoming a public official, it means that, that those officials are, are going or should be um, very transparent about everything that they do. Uh, private citizens, on the other hand, um, have, should have the right uh, to have their conversations and their uh, activities remain private uh, when they so choose. Um, unfortunately, um, in a lot of different countries, that has been flipped on its head. Uh, the government maintains secrecy over all sorts of things that should never be secret. And uh, private citizens uh, have their uh, communications spied on uh, all the time, whether it's by corporations or, or government officials. Um, and, uh, you know, I, so, you know, no matter what country we're looking at in the world, I think kind of using that rubric, uh, the fact that public officials should be transparent and that private citizens have a right to privacy um, should be uh, the baseline um, for, for how we, um, you know, write laws and build technology. Um, unfortunately, because uh, legal systems and, and the rule of law have broken down in so many places, technology can provide at least a partial uh, solution or mitigation to that. You know, if governments aren't going to provide transparency, then we can use uh, technology like encryption to ensure our privacy even when the laws fall down. And, and, and that's what we try to do at Freedom of the Press Foundation, especially when it comes to, uh, to journalists and whistleblowers. Uh, Trevor, I think it's the right thing to say that we have a um, long way to go in terms of privacy. And I'm sure we'll get there one day. Um, so Trevor, can you tell your uh, tell us your social media handles for our viewer for our listeners to follow you on? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Tim uh, on Twitter, and then you can follow Freedom of the Press Foundation on Twitter as well. Uh, our handle is Freedom of Press. And uh, and can you also tell us about the 
other work that you accept do, that you do accept uh, freedom of the press foundation um so uh you know i'm i'm i i've been uh the executive director of freedom of the press foundation for uh eight years now uh since our our organization's founding in, in late 2012 but i also write um op-eds for places like the guardian the intercept uh medium um and a whole bunch of other places um so you can and find my writing by googling my name on on all sorts of privacy free speech and and national security issues okay thank you trevor this so folks this was trevor tim for you i hope we learned a thing or two about democracy and journalism even if we didn't at least we're trying to have a conversation we are always looking forward to your suggestions we aren't getting enough suggestions we would love to know with what are the things that are confusing you at this point of time and these are testing times i've told you so it's it's okay to overthink but just don't become a nihilist because ultimately it's going to be sad not just for you but people around you as well so yeah i hope you're taking your multivitamins because i'm not and that's scaring me so i might just go and buy a strip or order them yeah i'll order them yeah so and and we are particularly excited about our second season because we believe that we have grown as individuals especially me and vinith yeah obviously because we are the hosts and so i think we'll try to bring up more conversations around you know things we actually care about and try to you know try to break down the nuanced concepts of it and do give us a follow on whichever platform you're listening this we are everywhere we are literally everywhere that's that's what we do we just spread ourselves everywhere i'm a human blanket i think sometimes but and do give us a follow on offenly wicked our if you you know if you plan to start a podcast we have open sourced our whole tech stack so and if you don't find that do drop me a message and there's i know these are testing times 2020 rewind i'm just repeating the script time and again but it will take a toll on your mental health i hope it doesn't but i know it will so there are mental health resources as well added on the link so just do check out them in case you or any close one needs it don't give us the credit we don't need that we just need you to be healthy and safe signing out see you on the other side of change till then stay curious stay wicked